All right out there? Okay, so here we go. I, I'm Goff, married to Angie over there, and we live in the fine city of Norwich, just up the road. Uh, come and visit us sometime. It's a fine city and well worth coming and having a look. But it's really good to be here this morning at Redeemer Church. Hi, Redeemer Church family. What a, what a, great, what a great name for a church. I, I almost want to burst into song, you know, there is a Redeemer. Yes, do you know that song? Wonderful song. And it's just to, to remind every time we talk about We've gone off. No, we're on again. You remind yourself of, of, of who we're following, who we belong to, and it's special. But so I want to ask you what condition you're in, okay, after however long it's been. 18 months? It seems like forever, doesn't it? What condition you're in? Now, physically, you might have put on a few pounds, okay? Is there anyone think that might be true? You've put on a bit. You've been sat on the sofa. You've not been uh, out and about as you normally would. Um, but what can, I want to ask you what condition you're on on the inside. How are things with you in your inner, inner, inner being? How, how are you doing? There's a lot in the news about mental health and fear, anxiety and so on. And uh, so I want to ask you what condition you're on, what in, in on the inside. And I'm going to read a passage in a moment that um, really speaks about the importance of what we're like on the inside, what's going on the inside. Now, if you're not a Christian, you, 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 know, you, uh, you, you might be uncertain as to, uh, you know, have I got an inner person? I've got emotions, but what, what else is going on inside of me? Well, the Bible teaches that, that uh, there's a, we've got an inner man, an inner person, and that you can call that uh, uh, heart, mind, or, or, or soul, but it's the, the inner you, the bit that's not on display on the outside. And the Bible t- says that that is far more important than the bit on the outside. Because your inner being, it's, it's eternal. You are not just a, a random collection of cells that are going to rot one day. You're not. You're you're made in the image of God, and you've got an inner being. And it's really important, the state of your inner being, okay? Really, really, really matters. Um, So I want to look at the priority of the inner being, and I'm going to read a passage. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 3, a well-known passage. And just to to give you a a heads up, really, Martin Lloyd-Jones, a really well-known preacher up in London for many, many years, he's now going to be with the Lord. He said this about the verses I'm about to read to you. It is undoubtedly one of the great mountain peaks in Scripture, if not the highest peak of all in the entire glorious range of Scripture truth and divine revelation. Whoa, he goes on. Here is the key to true Christian living. Well, that's quite a build-up. So let me read this to you. It's from Ephesians in chapter 3. And I'm going to read from verse 13. Ephesians 3, verse 13. Bear in mind, Paul is in prison, probably in Rome. Nero, probably the emperor. Tough for Christians, tough time. Didn't know what his future held. He writes this, verse 13, chapter 3 of Ephesians. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my suffering for you, which are my glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, 
from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. There it is, the inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of of God. Now, to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations for ever and ever. If you're anything like me, you probably feel a bit you could feel you'd be you probably feel a bit jaded spiritually, inwardly. You know, I mean, not being able to sing just now. I mean, it's, it's agony, isn't it? You know, you those amazing words going up, and we can't sing. And uh, and the year is it's kind of it's it's worn us down a bit, if we're honest, hasn't it? Even as Christians, there was an article in the the New York Times. I mean, by the way, I don't read the New York Times all the time. I just was led to it by a comment I read somewhere, and. Uh, it, 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 it said that the heading of the article was this. There's a name for the blur that you're feeling. It was written just a few weeks ago. There's a name for the blur you're feeling. It's called languishing. At first, I didn't recognize the symptoms that we, that we all had in common. It wasn't burnout. We still had some energy. It wasn't depression. We didn't feel hopeless. We just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. And it turns out there's a name for that, languishing. It's one of those words, what's it called? An onomato, what's it? Onomato, but it kind of, just saying it, it's languishing, like, you know, it's just blah. Okay. Uh, where did I get to? Yeah, we felt a joyless nose. It turns out the name for it, languishing. Languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. Here's the thing. And it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. Well, let that not be true of us, although it very easily could be languishing. And Paul is writing here, as I said earlier on, he, this guy is in prison. He, you could almost forgive him for languishing in prison or under house arrest in Rome, whatever's going on. He, he, he couldn't get on with the mission to go and uh, be with Christians on, on, on the mission God had called him to. You could, have, you could forgive him for languishing. But you don't find him doing that. And he's writing to these Christians in Ephesus. Now, it wasn't easy to be a Christian in Ephesus either. It's, it's getting difficult everywhere to be a Christian. And Ephesus, I mean, it was, I, I guess, a bit like London, you know, the, the big temple to Art, uh, the goddess Artemis. The, the goddess of fertility. So you don't have to use imagination to, for, to, to know where that goes. I think there were, there were literally hundreds and hundreds of 
temple prostitutes. I mean, it was a, a, it was a really tough place to be a follower of Jesus. And the interesting thing is, he, what does Paul, what does he do? He could give them lots of advice. He could say, here's my top tip for keeping strong as a Christian through tough times. He prays. He prays for them. He prays for them. But this is what's even more amazing. He doesn't pray for their circumstances to change. He's been in lockdown for over a year. You know, I think it was two years he ended up, you know, being chained in prison. He'd been under lockdown. for. You'd think he'd be praying, oh, God, get me out of here. I want to go see the, the Christians in Ephesus. I want to go and be with them. He could, you know, he, he could pray for them in Ephesus, that, 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 that their circumstances would change, that, that, freedom, that, that Christians would be given freedom and so on in the city. He doesn't pray for their circumstances to change. He prays for their inner being because he knows that that is far more important and powerful and it is for you this morning. If you're anything like me, you, you know, you're probably praying, God, we want to see this all change, this situation we're in just now. But I think God wants to speak to us and say, I want to do a work inside you. I want to do a work that will change you in going forward. Let's see how he prays, okay? Um, well, the first thing I see, look at who he prays to. Look at how he, look at his understanding of God. For this reason, reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family on heaven, in heaven and on earth de, de, derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he prays to his Father. He's got a big sense of God being his Father and he's a rich God. He's a Bounding, we, we, you were just, we were singing that a moment ago, weren't we? That, 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 that you know, that, what, what, uh, what were the song we were singing? I, I, can, I can probably sing now. I'm standing here. I can get away with it. No, but, I, um, but you know, he, he's a good, good father. He, he, and I, I hope you know, who, when you come to prayer, I hope you've got a sense of God being your father. J.I. Packer, one of my heroes, he says this. He said, if you want to know how well someone understands Christianity, ask them what they make of God being their father and them being his child. And if that's not the thing that motivates everything else, they don't know Christianity very well at all. Do you know God as your father? Do you know him as your kind-hearted father. He's a father of all fathers. He's the, the father from whom every family gets its name. He's the, 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 the father par excellence. He's, he's, he's a perfect father. He's our father. It's so important when you come to prayer. You know, when you pray, say, Father, Abba, Father. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, I've got to, no, don't, don't, don't. They, this is so, so important, your view of, 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 of Father. Having a big sense of God being your Father. It's, it's, it, 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 it's transforming. It's transforming. So Paul prays to his Father. He's on his knees. Now, that's not the normal way that Jews would have prayed. Jews normally pray standing up. You know, the Wailing Wall and all that, they pray standing up. But he says... For this reason, I kneel before the Father. He's just got a big sense of, oh, God, you're, you're amazing. You're awesome. When you're on your knees, you, you, you can't 
you know, you, 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 you can't rush off anywhere. He's on his knees. He's, he's got a sense of the bigness of God. He, he's, he, he doesn't take him for granted. He's got this sense of, of his heavenly father. Do you need a bigger sense of, of, of your heavenly father this morning? We're on our knees. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's amazing. Keep going. My time will run out. So um, when you pray, say, Father, Abba, keep that big sense of Father. But now let's go a bit further. What does he pray for them? As I said, he doesn't pray for their circumstances to change. He prays that, that God may strengthen you with power in your inner being. I want... I want God to do something on the inside. I'm praying that God is going to do something on the inside. He's going to strengthen you with power in the inward, be in your inner being. Now, as I say, Paul uses this phrase, the inward man, just to really to, uh, you know, it's, the outward man is the obvious bit. The inner man, it's not just your heart, it's your will, your, 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 your mind, your thinking. The inner man is the real you, the essential you, the you on the inside. And, and Paul's saying, I'm praying that God's going to strengthen you in your inner being. Anyone here today need strengthening in your inner being? Anyone here feel a bit dry, feeling a bit languishy in, in the inner being? And you need, to, you need to be strengthened. I'm speaking to myself. Yes, me too, please. And uh, I say elsewhere in Scripture, uh, you usually the phrase heart is used. You know, you remember when, um, uh, you, when Samuel was, was, was looking at the sons of Jesse and, you know, pick the big strong ones and, and, and God said, no, no, man looks on the outward, God looks on the heart. And so it's the heart, the inner you. And Paul said, I want them to be strengthened in their inner being. Now, what is this strength? Let's look on a bit further. What is this What is this? strength. Well, uh, you see, being a Christian, it's, it's not just believism. It's not just knowing a lot of stuff. It's, 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 it's knowledge, it's understanding that goes right to the heart, that goes right into your heart and, ch- and brings about change in your life. So what is praying? I want them to be strengthened in their inner being. So what's he thinking of? What, what's, what's it going to look like? Is this, um, do I suddenly become confident or, 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 or loud? Or how, what is this strength that, that Paul wants for you and for me? He goes on. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The strength that God wants to give to you on the inside is a person. It's the living, risen, ascended Jesus. It's not just a warm fuzzy on the inside. It's not a mystical deal. It's a person. He wants them to to have this abiding sense of the presence of Jesus with them. It's, it's, It's beautiful. And let me just ask you the question. You know, does Jesus reign in, in your heart? I mean, Paul's already said in Ephesians chapter 1 that we're in Christ. And, and you can be a Christian being in Christ. But Paul's saying here, I, I'm praying for strength that, 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 that Christ would take up residence. The word there that he uses for dwell, it's, it's, a, it's one of those oikos words. It, 
I'm praying that Jesus would take up permanent residence in your heart, that he won't be on the periphery of your life. He'll be right plumb in the middle, abiding in him, living in him, drawing life and strength from him moment by moment by moment. That's, that's what, God, what, what Paul wants for these Christians in Ephesus. I'm praying you're going to be strengthened inwardly. I'm praying that, 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 that you're going to know God as your father, but also I'm praying that you're going to have the reality of the living Jesus in your heart. Let's keep going. It gets even better. How, I mean, I, perhaps I'll move on to the... I'm going to get to this come to the crunch. It, it, you see, what it says here in verse... Uh, verse 16, I'm praying that out of his glorious riches he would strengthen you, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power to grasp something. He wants you to have power to grasp. He goes on, he wants you to have power to grasp the love of Christ for you. He wants you to... He wants you to have such a big vision of who Jesus is, to be so amazed at his love for you that it's transforming, it changes you. But the thing is, you need power. It says there, I'm praying that you may have power to grasp how wide, long, high and deep is the love of Christ. You need power power to grasp. Same with God as your father. Maybe you are, you struggle with God as your father and you, and you might say, well, you, you don't know what my father was like. I have a real struggle with God as my father. You need power to grasp. When it comes to the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus for you, you need power to grasp it. Maybe you, you know you've been forgiven and you know that Jesus died for you and, and so on. And it, but it's kind of, you know, that was back there. You, you made a decision for, for Jesus some years ago. But it's gone a bit cold. Paul is saying, you need, you and I need power. If we want to be strengthened, we need power to grasp. So you might say, well, you know, actually, the, re the reason I need strengthening is I'm, I'm a bit weak and I just, I just haven't got it in me at the moment. Well, here's the beautiful thing. It's the Holy Spirit who turns on the lights. It's the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes. It's the Holy Spirit, if we will allow the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit who makes this happen. Another thing that my, my hero, J.I. Packer, says, he says this, the Holy Spirit has got a floodlight ministry. A floodlight ministry. Years ago, Angie and I were, we visited Barcelona. Anyone visited Barcelona recently? You've been there? Beautiful city, isn't it? Great city, you know, Gaudi and all that. And uh, Gaudi, uh, designer, architect, whatever. And we went to see the, um, the, the cathedral. It's called um, La Sagrada de Familia, yeah? The big cathedral thing. And we got there one evening, it's getting dark. And we got off the bus, and it was sort of over there somewhere. And we looked, thought, oh, okay. It's okay, nothing special. 
and then the floodlights went on. Wow. Now, if you know that building, it's, it's I mean, up the spires, there's bowls of fruit and all sorts of things. I mean, it, it, the colour it is stunning. The floodlights went on. And I want to ask you this morning, have the floodlights gone on for you inwardly? Have you been captivated with God as your father? Have you been strengthened by getting a glimpse of how Jesus feels about you? Have the floodlights gone on? Or are you just living on dregs? Are you just living on, yeah, yeah, I, I know, Jesus loves me, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. You need the floodlights to go on. So you can be strengthened in your inner being. So that you can, it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside, you can, you can even be chained like Paul. D hey, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the stuff that's going on around us. If the floodlights have gone on and you've understood who your heavenly father is and who Jesus is, it changes everything. And that's what Paul wants for Christians in Ephesus and Christians in Colchester. It, it's, this, this is staggering stuff. Let's, come on, let's get through it. Let's move on about how, how can we be strengthened? How can the Holy Spirit help us? Well, you know, we've got to give, we want to give him time. We want, as, as Hugh was saying earlier on, we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? We want to know the, the presence that, that out of your innermost being will flow forth rivers of living water. Yeah? We want that. Have you, maybe you've run dry through, through lockdown. Oh, Lord, I want to be filled up again. I, I want you to just allow, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let the floodlight ministry go on. Because, you see, the thing is, the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Do you get that? That's what the Holy Spirit does. Do you remember, Jesus said, the, the, the Spirit, he will glorify me. Yeah? He'll glorify me. That's why I want to encourage you to sing, not, not, not now, but to sing. Because, you see, when, when you, you get up in the morning, okay, you get up in the morning and you feel kind of, and, uh, but the moment you dare to sing out a song of praise and worship, when, as you begin, the Holy Spirit inside of you says, oh, that's what I do. That's what I do. And so the Holy Spirit begins to well up inside of you. And so that's why it's, it's so important to have time for doing that. Time to stop. Time to, to reflect. Time to allow the Holy Spirit to rise up in you. But I, I haven't finished yet. I've got, I, I, I want to give you some more fuel for, uh, for your devotion. Come on, let's go on into it. He, uh, oh, th this is where it gets really, really precious. I want you to have power to be able to grasp with all God's people how long 
The breadth, the length, the height, the depth, the love of Christ. And let's just step through those things. The breadth of the love of Christ. It's expansive. Every tongue, tribe, nation. The, the, the love of Christ, the love of the Lord Jesus, it, it's, it's huge. And it, 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 it includes you. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. The love that Jesus has for you, it's, it's, it's wide. It's expansive. Big arms. That's the love of Christ for you. You're not outside it. It's very, very big. It's very expansive. It's beautiful. Let's move on. The length. Oh, I love this one. When I think, of the, what do you, when I think about the, the length of the love of Christ, I'm thinking of the pursuing love of the Lord for you and me. The pursuing love Oh, didn't he? He came after you. He came after you. He came and found you. That's this is the love of, of Christ. He he came to find you. John Stott, you've probably heard of John Stott. He's written a few books, and um, he says this. This is his testimony. He said, "Why I am a Christian is true ultimately neither to the influence of my parents and teachers." nor to my own personal decision for Christ, but to the hound of heaven. Ah, anyone like Francis Thompson? Poem from Francis Thompson? Okay, I'll give you a few words, a few lines. Francis Thompson, um, bit of a failure, uh, didn't make it in school, turned out, he wanted to go to Oxford, turned down, tried to join the army, turned down, ended up trying to write, penniless in London, opium addict, and uh, got saved. And, and he, wrote, he wrote this. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinth ways of my own mind. And in the midst of tears, I hid from him. But those strong feet that followed, followed after with unhurrying chase, unperturbed, unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic instancy, uh, instancy, they beat, and a voice beat, and more instant than the feet, all things betray thee who betrays me. He goes on, I'll stop with this. Still with unhurrying chase, deliberate speed, majestic instance, came on the following feet, and a voice Above their beat, naught shelters thee who will not shelter in me. The hound of heaven. So John Stott saying, if it wasn't for the hound of heaven who came after me, he goes on to say, I'd be in the scrap heap of humanity. Have you got a big sense of the, the length of the love of Christ for you, the pursuing love of God? My favorite quote in, outside the Bible is uh, from a book called Knowing God, J.R. Packer, and it says this, the most amazing, it talks about, the, about God's love, and he says this, my name is inscribed on the palms of his hand, and there's never a moment when I'm out of his thoughts or his attention falters. And the most amazing thing about his love for me is that it's based at every point on the worst about me, so that no discovery he can now make will disillusion him about me the way I'm so often disillusioned with myself 
and quench his determination to bless me. It's a good quote. I want that on my tombstone, okay? It's a beautiful... Folks, the Christian life is a journey, and part of that journey is, is discovering more about who Jesus is and how he feels about you, how he loves you, and who your father is, and his amazing uh, arms of love and care towards you. And very often we've got to throw off the garbage, some of the old, the ways we used to think about God, that he's, he's angry, he's, he, he's, uh, he keeps me at arm's length, he's, he's, he, he's disappointed with me. Folks, the Holy Spirit needs to turn on the lights so you understand the, the heart of God, his compassion, his love. Let me do a book, you can't, you, you, I don't know, well, you haven't got any books here, but Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. If you, if you need to freshen your understanding of, 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 of who Jesus is and what he's done for you, if you need your inner being to be strengthened, be asking the Holy Spirit to come and, and, and fill you up. And, and uh, you could read that at the same time. That will really help you. It's full of scripture and it will really do you good. So we've got to the, 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 the length he's pursuing love. The height, uh, that, that speaks to me about what he's got in store for you. He's going to bring you home one day. He's going to, you know, when you see him, he's going to smile. He's going he's to put his arms around you. He's not going to frown. This is, this is the one who has saved you. It's the height of his love is, do you know what? You are his inheritance. Yeah? Now, just think about that for a moment. If you've got an inheritance, you know, if you've got a rich daddy, uh, one day you're going to get the lot, Right? That might be quite nice, mightn't it? Ooh, yeah, I've got my inheritance. You are Jesus' inheritance. And so one day, when you see him face to face, he is going to be thrilled with you. Yes, a little old you. This is the love of Christ. It's astonishing. It's, it, do you need the floodlights to go on? Beautiful. This is the love that he has for you. And the depth, the depths of his love, that takes me to, to Philippians 2. Although he, Jesus was, it was God, he emptied himself, humbled himself, death on a cross for you. The depths of the love of Christ. The depths of his love for you. Do you need the floodlights to go on again? Have you got bored with that? Is that something you just look back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, folks, if you need to be strengthened in your inner being, I want to, to, I want to be saying to you this morning, invite the Holy Spirit to come and ignite this wonderful truth of the Father heart of God for you and the astonishing love that Jesus has for you. And if you're bored with Christianity, if you're bored with it, I want to I suggest to you that the lights have gone off and you need them to go back on, the floodlights, to flood your heart and your mind. Dear church family, as we come out of lockdown, as we come 
through this weird period where we could all feel jaded and possibly a bit dull on the inside. Let's, let's be taking a look on the inside. We might be thinking about the outside and our figure. Don't worry about that. That really doesn't matter. But be thinking of your inner being. And just as Paul prayed for those dear Christians in Ephesus, I want them to be strengthened in their inner being, that Jesus would dwell in their hearts, that they'd just be bowled over with the breadth, the length, the height, the depth of the love of Christ, because that will make you strong on the inside. That that, that will change you. That will, that, that will uh, cause you to be in, in, in a kind of shape that it doesn't matter too much what's going on around you because you've got this well rising up within you. You've got this wonderful supply of, of life that's rising up within you. And it's all focused on the person of Jesus. So I'm going to pray now. My time's gone. And I'm just going to take a, bit, a moment now and I'm going to invite you to, to, to join me and to, to, to invite the Holy Spirit to come and flood your heart and mind this morning before you dash off into another day. It's so easy just to be too busy. That, do you know, I, I, for some of you, it's just you're too busy. You need to give the Lord some quality time. Turn your iPhone off in the morning. <gasps> Turn it off for half an hour. Turn it off. Turn it off. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he said this. He said that the, at, the, at the dawn of each, at the threshold of each day, stands the God who made it. Therefore, at the start of each day, let all distractions be stopped. All other voices silenced. That means your iPhone off. Yeah. And let the first thought and the first word belong to him to whom our whole lives belong. Folks, I want to, as you go into this week, make that your own. God, I'm gonna, I, I want to be strengthened in my inner man. Tomorrow morning, Monday morning, Lord, I want to give you time. I want... I want the world to, 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 to bubble up. I want to be amazed and fresh at my Father. Holy Spirit, turn the floodlights on. Come on, let's pray. Lord, I, I'm praying for this precious church family here. Lord, I'm praying that, that you're going to strengthen us in our inner being. We might be feeling a bit fed up or a bit or languishing or dull. Oh, I pray... I pray against dullness. I pray, come, precious Holy Spirit. Beautiful Holy Spirit. Turn the floodlights on afresh. That, Lord, if, we've got, if we're dull in our appreciation of our Heavenly Father, oh, I pray, Lord, the floodlights go on this week as we give time. If we lost a sense of the love of Christ for us, the pursuing Transforming love of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, turn the floodlights on. And I pray that there's going to be some beautiful moments tomorrow morning and the next morning 
And the next morning, precious Holy Spirit, come and turn the floodlights on that we would just get a bigger vision of who we belong to, who we live for, and who we're going to be with one day. In Jesus' name I ask it.